welcome to another week. Um, we're so happy to be here in studio. As always, I might not talk, turn Octavia's mic on because oh she's out here talking about throwing us in a lot of fire uh, with, with a friend to the program talking about using us as buffering. But good evening, everybody. Um, it's a wonderful Tuesday. We're happy to be here as always. Um, you know, if you guys don't know by now, get with us right now on social media. We're already streaming live on Facebook. We just went live on Twitter. Just did that on both. Um, so yay us. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Cardell was busy last week. He stays in important gyms. Like, he doesn't go to just regular gyms. But gyms with very important people. The type of important people that end up on stages, like other important people, this past week in the future, if everything does, in fact, work out. So, that being said, can't wait to talk about the NBA PA Top 100 camp. He also went on a road. Check out the Brunson League. Um, you guys get over to the Pitts, Pitts League Facebook page to check out their battle with the Brunson League. It was good. It was last weekend. We had a blast. Um, we got some Mystics updates. They put a whipping on the storm today. That was fun. 170. It was a camp day, so my ears still hurt because the kids are crazy loud in there. Um, but it was a good performance by them. Um, we're going to talk. Got a little DC United update. And then we got rapid fire, man. So many crazy things that happen in the sports like every week. Um, but I'll tell you, how was your weekend in, in, in sports-wise? Yeah, it's on. Okay. Hey, look. Testing. Can, can you hear yourself? You good? I can't. Testing. Testing. Yes. <laughs> That's where we're at today? Right. I'm just checking. I'm good, though. I'm it's, glad to hear it's it. It's a Tuesday. It's not raining. It definitely isn't raining. Which is amazing. And, and that's was, always a positive. Exactly. And it wasn't, like, crazy hot. I love normal days like this. This is going to be fun. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. You guys are watching The Focus. And when we get back, you guys will be able to hear Octavia. <laughs> <laughs> It's Octavia Cardell Wilson here. You're watching the Focus. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, gonna talk. We're gonna check out some Brunson League video. They're gonna ask Cardell about the Brunson League because he made the trip to Baltimore. I haven't made a trip in Baltimore in quite a while. I need to make a trip down there. I've yet to do so. Um, we've been seeing with Cardell's coverage. Uh, you know, we check out some other the local guys that go down there on a regular basis, and it's good ball down there. That definitely good bump. Um, and shout out to the Pitts League, Pettis. We appreciate you, especially me, even though I haven't been there. I don't think at all this season, but like twice. But uh, playoffs, I will be there for the playoffs. I'll do my best to be there every single game. You're watching The Focus, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Focus. All right, so the Washington Mystics. Just want to take a second to talk about them. We've been talking all year about what this team could become. Um, so I had a conversation with Crystal Thomas today after the game, and it was funny. I asked her about the team's identity, and she said they're, they're almost there. And that's the fun part. And if you're a Mystics fan, it could be a beautiful part right now. Is they're not, it's not like they're under 500. It's not like they're at 500. They're finding themselves and still have a good spot in the standings. Mm -hmm. They lost to Minnesota for the second time this year. And again, that's not an indictment on the Mystics. Minnesota's on some Golden State type stuff right now. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with you. You know, it's just kind of like when it's one of those things where Minnesota's where you want to get at, Minnesota, LA, that's where you want to be at. And it's just letting the Mystics know how far they need to go. Um, but today, we got, a, we got a chance. You know, we've seen small stretches. Cardell being there. We've seen little glimpses, a couple of runs during games where we're like, okay, I see what this could be. Today, I wish you were there. I know you're following along. But we got to see. I won't say it was a complete game because you know Coach Tebow and the players know him too. Where the first thing they identified, I asked, was this the most complete game they played this year? The first thing that stuck out was the third quarter. 
at the beginning of the third quarter, while they did manage to out, they managed to respond and outscore Seattle in that quarter. Mm-hmm. Seattle, like most other teams that played Washington this year, they started the second half with a run. Right. Um, and it was great to see the Mystics respond because in past years they they struggled to respond. Um, but again, that's something that they they have to continue to work on. Um, I was impressed with the depth today. You know, they literally played 12 people, mm-hmm. and it's something you can do when you're up by that much. They pushed the lead up to his 36 um, at one time. And, again, it's not like like Seattle's 6-7 and seven now, but they came in 6-6. Six and six. No one's raising their hands like, hey, let me get Seattle in the playoffs. That's not a team that you want to play with the type of talent they had. Um, they held Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Stewart to a combined 15 points mm-hmm. on, like, 7-20 shooting. Just to give you an idea of what they look like defensively. Um, and it was cool to see Elena look like she really took the challenge of guarding Stewie personally to start the game. You know, Cardell, we've been talking about her defense Tomorrow, all year. So uh, yeah. you just want to share your thoughts on just not only her journey defensively, but the teams, like how good they could be defensively. I mean, they could be real good. The versatility is, is, the, is a weapon. You know, they, they have um, guards that can go down like TRP, who's been doing it for years. I feel like she don't get the credit she deserves as being, if not the best on-ball defender, definitely one of them. You know, so um, they can guard all, all five positions, you know, depending on the size of the center or whatnot. And now you add Deladon, and, you know, if she takes on the challenge, she, she's getting – one thing I want to see with her, she needs to get more physical. You know, a lot of times she'll slide and they'll bump her, and she just kind of like – she's there, but she's not there. And like, once she takes on that challenge defensively like she do offensively, I mean, she she's gonna be trying to knock on the door to be the best player in the league. You know, you already can't stop her, so that's the only side of the, that side of the ball is the only thing holding her back, and it might be the thing holding the Mystics back from a chip run. You know, so you know we just have to see. But it's their versatility. They have so many parts that you know they can throw Natasha Cloud on this person, um, Taylor Hill on this person. You got small guards. They got Ivory Ladder, Christy Tolliver. Um, like I said, they, their versatility and in the depth, man, this is the deepest we've seen, at least since mm-hmm. I've been covering it. Um, they, they've had so, I mean, they, they could be one of the best all-around teams in the league once they put everything together, once Emma returns, and, um, you know, it's going to be fun. And that's the, that's the part I was going to bring up next. Emma's not here. You know, keep that in mind. They're missing in, an all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best players at her position in the league. Um, you know, she really showed out last year, and – that's a big piece. And, you know, I really, after last game, we mentioned that they're not really thinking about when she comes back because you want to focus on the now, um, you know, because you don't want to have that that mindset of, oh, well, we'll just wait till Emma gets back. Right. So it's good that they've been able to be productive. Um, but that's the fun part. Like, they haven't had a real post presence. And shout out to Crystal Thomas for being able to step in to Emma's role and being very productive. And Hawkins, man. She, yes. She comes off the bench and she yeah. balls too. So, you know, you got to give – like I said, it's been a complete team. You know, they had their up, you know, ups and downs. They, they're still trying to find themselves. But I think when everything starts clicking, it's, it's going to be real. And um, they got a nice little test coming. You know, I told you early season I can't wait for this one because it's kind of personal. You know, with the Liberty, you know, mm-hmm. they made some trades, players <laughs> that's been there for a while. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I want to see the Mystics kind of – take on that challenge and beat those type of teams. Like, you see how the Lynx got them twice, you know, later on in the season. They see them again, you know, pay them back. You know, that's that's the only way it's going to happen. Exactly, and that's a great test come Thursday night. It's at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Liberty of the Liberty, they've been around in the East for a while. Like, if you want to get to where you want to go to, you have to go through Tina Charles and company. Um, 
even with the conferences being, you know, the conferences, the playoffs being different with the conferences, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that there's a route for Washington without getting through the Liberty. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, so just credit to them. We got post-game interviews. We got articles on the way, uh, both at Finest Mag and My Mono Sports. So uh, look for continued Mystics coverage there. Another thing real quick, just want to shout out Bill Mead. Um, talk about DC United several times on the show this year, and I know you guys have heard me mention Bill Mead almost immediately. It's hard because almost after every game, I try to do like five observations, and it's always the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that they have a superhuman goalkeeper that somehow everyone knows is really, really good, and people ignore that fact. So shout out to him getting named to the U.S. Uh, national team for the Gold Cup. He deserves to be a part of the roster. And uh, for me personally, I'm kind of over the whole him being named to the roster. It's time to let him play. And it's not a, I'm not at a place where I don't respect the other keepers that have played under um, past managers. But it's one, one of the few things that this country is known for on the international level is putting out quality keepers. Mm-hmm. Bill Amid is arguably the best keeper in this country. I feel like everybody here knows this. How about we let him, like, let him play? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 screw the whole in order thing. Let him play. There's, I remember the last, the last national team, maybe it was two games ago I watched, and Brad Guzman, who's pretty good, plays overseas. Now he's coming over to the MLS. And he's a good keeper, and I have nothing against him. But I, I find it hard-pressed to believe that there's any keeper that this country has that is at times under more duress than Bill Amid. And, I mean, he has to make at least three to five outstanding saves every game. And this is not a indictment saying that these, the people around him are horrible. It's just that with the team where they at, you know, D.C. United, we talked about in the transfer window, they have to get better. That being said, this guy ends up making hockey saves in soccer. It's a, you know, a soccer field four or five times the size of a hockey rink. Mm-hmm. And those, those reflex saves that hockey goalies have to make, Bill sometimes is put in very, 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 like, tough predicaments, and he wins. Um, and week after week, you can literally pick a couple saves from any game and go, we can nominate him for save of the week. I mean, time after time, game after game. So shout out to him. And for me, I'm very happy for him personally. I just want them to give him a fair chance because I truly believe he's the best keeper in this country. And I feel like a lot of people know it. And those who don't know it, I, I want to know what you're doing with your life. Um, but he needs a chance. Um, and also, before we leave the WMA section, shout out to Diana Taurasi. Breaking Tita Thompson's scoring record, she's now the leading scorer in the WNBA, mm-hmm. which is one hell of a feat. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Lynx made history early this year with Lindsey Whalen when they, when they beat the Mystic the first time. Um, she broke a record with playing 295 games in the league. Um, well, winning 295, rather. Four of her teammates, including her, it was Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, Lindsey Whalen, and Rebecca Brunson made history this past week. They're the winningest foursome in league history. The four of them have won 122 games. Kudos to them as well. Hmm. I mean, that's 122 games? That's why they are who they are, man. Uh-huh. The dynasty, so. And it's crazy because I'm sure many people, if you hear a foursome, you're automatically going to insert Sylvia Fowles into that. And kudos to Rebecca Brunson, who doesn't nearly get enough love as her superstar teammates. She don't look for it either. She just hoops, so everybody don't look for the attention. Kind of like Kawhi, man. They just do their job, you know. So you mentioned Kawhi. Shout out to Jordan Brand. That commercial was amazing. That new Kawhi commercial. Yeah. Oh yeah. They stop Kawhi. Yeah. Kawhi. And he was like, "So could Kawhi stop Kawhi?" 
little kids' heads just burst. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, that was a dope commercial. It was a pretty good commercial. All right, Cardell. Um, Brunson League, you wanted to share your thoughts. You went to go out there and visit this week. We played the video at the very top of the show. Right. I mean, yeah, it's um, Baltimore's number one program, you know, summer league. Uh, it's, it start, it's every Sunday. It starts at 10 a.m. It's actually at the uh, old Carmelo Anthony Rec Center. Um, but now, uh, I think Under Armour bought it, so it's called the UA House now. So people, when they go out there, they won't get it confused. They're looking for, you know, Carmelo Anthony or whatever like that. That's the new place. But, um, you know, it's Baltimore Hoops, man. Like, you know, the intensity is crazy. You know, from even there early in the morning, you think they would be kind of be lax and, you know, going through the motions. Nah, they was into it. And that's what I love about Baltimore Hoopers, what I respect about them. They always bring it. And, uh, you know, I was there for a couple games before I had to go. But, you know, the first game um, the other day, featured G2S versus PT Hoops. Um, it was a close battle. Actually, in the first half, uh, uh, PT Hoops led at halftime 37-36. They had a guard who's at St. Mary's College right now. His name Danny Canary, and um, he was looking like Pistol Pete out there. They couldn't do nothing <laughs> with him. Yeah, white, I mean, man, you know how it is in the hood, man. Dudes are like, man, this white boy, like, he going behind his back, <laughs> finger rolling on. He was, he was killing on this, like, man, dang, you know, respect. But he rolled his ankle right before the half, and um, he came out in the second half and tried to go. But he, he couldn't he couldn't go. It was too painful. So, you know, GS2 went to work on them. You know, they, uh, you know, pressed their guards. They had like a, a mini Ojo, you know, you know, Ojo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was pressing 94 feet, making it tough on their guards and stuff like that. And, um, and you know, they came all the way back and won 69-66. You know, I mean, like, P.T. Hoos, you know, their forward, Dimitri Rucker, you know, he tried. Man. He tried to put the team on his back. You know, he went, you know, looking like the young David West out there. Um I mean, he, he finished with 22 points, 12 rebounds, and three steals. You know, he tried, but like I said, the depth and the defense and intensity from G2S, you know, wore them down, and they, you know, and they beat him. Um, big man Benny posted 17 points and 10 rebounds and two blocks in the win, and I love his game. He, he's very versatile. Step out, hit threes. I mean, he got the rebound, looking like a mini point guard out there, throwing no looks out there. It was, you know, it, it was entertaining, and um, – that's why I think a lot of people need to go out there. It's, it's, it's young, so most people might have heard about it, but they don't know. Everybody, you know, stuck on the quote-unquote good minutes and his league, Kennedy lead by the startup and all that, but they need to go out there. It, it's some good bump out there. Um, and the second game was even more entertaining. Uh, they had some flat-out hoopers in this one. It was a team called the Krugers versus the West Panthers. And the Krugers knocked off West Panthers 79-61 um, behind a former St. Mary's guard, college guard, and Hey, they stay up in the Baltimore area. That's why they one of the top D3s in the country. You and y'all, they get just slept on Baltimore guys that they sleep on. They come in there and they just they destroy dudes. And uh, they guard Don Hill. I mean, he he, he could do work in any league. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's overseas, but he should be overseas getting money. He's that good, man. Like he posted 25 points, eight rebounds, five assists, and three steals. And it was actually a close game, but in one sequence, um, you know, he got a steal his teammate, they got a layup. Then he stole the ball right back, got the layup. <laughs> then he stole the ball again off the inbounds, got fouled, went to the free throw, not not two. So the lead went from like four to ten that quick in like five seconds. So, and then they just poured it on and, you know, they couldn't, West Panthers couldn't recover. Um, West Panthers was led by a point guard who's real tough. He kind of reminded me of a young Trey Burke at Michigan. He had, um, uh, he had 30 points, four assists, and two steals. And, and uh, his name is Steve. Steven, I don't want to mess up his name. His last name Millage. I think that's his last name, Steven Millage. 
like um, sniper. You can't leave him. Um, if he see your hand down, he's pulling. Like he has no, has, he has no conscience, and and don't hit rim. So, but the thing is, like I say, for the most part, he was there most. You know, they locked in on him. He was the offense. They wore him down. You know, being a miniature guard and the Krugers had like guys my size playing guard, wearing them down, and you know, he, you know, he couldn't get, he couldn't leave him. You know, what I'm saying he just wore down. That's what happened. They pulled away down. All right. <laughs> Thanks. It sounds like it's it's very exciting up there. I saw some of the highlights on Instagram. I, I can't wait to see what you have up on your page. Um, yeah, I got one more game, but yeah, we definitely going to make a trip out there. It's worth it. Um, I was thinking about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm gonna talk to Sean. Try to set something up where we can go out there. And, you know, it's not a big gym. Um, not a lot of parking. It's it's right around. I, I heard about the parking. <laughs> listen, it's like five minutes from the harbor. It's not. I mean, yeah. driving. You know, walking it take a minute, but it's not too far from the harbor to Baltimore, so it'd be best to definitely get there early so you have a parking space and um, enjoy the games because it gets live in there. And, you know, I love the Baltimore crowd. They, like I said, 10 a.m., like, you know, they even had a Korean play in there. You know what I'm saying? He he, he blew past dude, did a nice little layup. And, like, nobody expected that. Somebody yelled from the crowd, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it, it's just fun, man. It's, it's summer hoops, man. I love it, man. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, we're going to – Cardell's going to tell you about how he spent last week the NBA PA Top 100 mm-hmm. camp. Again, important gyms. Everybody just <laughs> can't go in there. Got, got it. You know, definitely a members-only type type event. Going to take a quick break. You're watching The Focus, and we'll be right back. All right, man. We back, as Mr. Wilson said. Um, a couple weeks back, so I was at the NBPA Top 100 camp. Um, it's a camp run by the NBA. It's not the NBA. It's the NBA Players Association. They throw a camp um, at the University of Virginia. You know, they invite the top 100 prospects in the country, uh, regardless of class, just the prospects to, uh, you know, UVA to, you know, obviously go do battle against each other on the court, but also to teach them about what's coming, you know, college recruitment, and to kind of get them ahead of the game if they're blessed enough to make it to the pros. And it's not just for the players, it's actually for their families too. They invite the families to educate the parents as well too, mm-hmm. like how to deal with agents, street agents, uh, you know, college, you know, how to tell if a college coach really wants you, all the details so they can, you know, have a smooth ride up the ranks if they, you know, have the talent. And naturally, it was some standouts, you know, as they always, you know, everybody there is nice, you know, for the most part, everybody there. You know, major D1 offers or whatever, but, you know, it's guys that obviously rise to the top. So, um, first one that caught my eye was uh, Cole Anthony. He uh, He's from Archbishop Arc Malloy out of New York, class of 2019, 6'3", 175-pound guard. And uh, if his name sounds familiar, Anthony is because he's the son of Greg Anthony. Um, you know, he don't – he don't play like his pops. His pops is more of a floor general defensive guy. This guy does it all, and he's athletic. Like, um, he, he caught a few bodies, that, and he don't look like he'd do it, but if you sleep, yeah, he don't. He put a couple dudes in the basket. You know, he's a true floor general, daily in the pick and roll. Um, he already has an advanced feel for the game naturally, obviously, pops, NBA you know, resources. You know, if he's <laughs> going to be ahead, he's a natural leader. You know, I constantly told him, you know, you know, even when the offense stifled, he was telling guys where to get – you know what I'm saying? And he didn't just get you the ball just because you was calling for it. He got you the ball where you could be effective. And most point guards never master that. So that's why I'm like, he's just so ahead. Um, you know, he has sneaky athleticism. Like I said, you know, it's, he has to make himself a special play. He has 15 points a game there. The only thing with him, he, he got to get his jumper automatic because guys going to start going under that screen. And um, 
if he don't knock down the job, then it's going to be an off night. It's going to be hard for him to do what he need to do. Once he gets that, it's, it's lights out. You know, he, he he definitely has a shot at the lead. Pretty much has every college on it, you know, on his trail. So he'll be fine. Another kid that's local from Virginia, Armando Bacard, he's um he go to school at Trinity Episcopal School. Um, another 2019 member, 6'10", 2035 pound big. Um, he's not the most athletic, explosive big, but he's skilled, fun, very, very fundamentally sound. He knows who he is. He's not gonna complicate things. He he runs the floor well. He gets to the block. Um, he, he mixes things up, rebound, block shots. He's a true big man. He scored, he let, you know, he averaged 11.2 points per game and, you know, led the camp. Well, actually, he was tied for the camp leading 7.7 rebounds per game and led the camp in offensive rebounding with three per game. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's just a junior, but, you know, he's going to make a program very happy at the next level. Let's just say that. Uh, Darius Baisley, Princeton High School out of Ohio. He's going to be a senior next year, class of 2018, 6'9", 195. Um, has a Tayshaun Prince tight game, point four tight game, but he's dumb athletic. Like, I mean, he got the ball in traffic, and um, one drill inside the free throw line, and, man, he dunked it. He looked like he floated. Like, everybody in the gym was like, oh, like, you know, we, we figured he get, he got bounced, but not like that. It, one it's, dribble it's, in it's, traffic? One dribble. I mean, Yikes. they didn't even step in front of him. They just let him float. Yeah, <laughs> I probably like, would have too. Like, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was, it wasn't going to end well, <laughs> man. But um, he has strength, man. Like I said, he has the all-around game already. He has strength and just really tighten up everything. He definitely would be at the next level. Like, his athleticism size is crazy, especially being 6'9". You know, that's a power four, honestly, but he, he's a he's a 2-3. Uh, Argentina, man, like a kid from Argentina International, Leandro Bomaro, 2018, 6'6", 180-pound guard. I mean, cliche to compare him to Ginobili, but Ginobili done started something. You know? like, <laughs> he, he got that he got that dog in him. Like, it's just, man, I'm the best player out here. He was pulling up. I mean, anytime he saw that, like, he was pulling up. He could shoot it. You know, he has decent handle. Uh, Did he have like that herky jerky type of game? Manu not quite not, like Manu, really? but no, nah, he he gets he goes he gets straight to the point. Okay, <laughs> like, if he see him like he going in there, he dunking. Like right. it's, he's not Euro stepping, you know, yeah. Ginobili playing. Nah, he don't, he's more. <laughs> I'm taking it right at your head, you know, and that's what I like about him. He's he's fearless, and and you know, he he was a big piece of his team when went undefeated. They were actually coached by Rondo. That's why I think Rondo got a future in coaching because that <laughs> team they smacked everybody. Man, they went undefeated like. Like, he had to leave before the championship game. He wasn't even worried. They still blew the team out by, like, 30. Like, it, it, I mean, it's crazy. What did great. he do, Texas instructions and just do what you did last <laughs> he year? He like... took it serious. I give it to him. He took it serious. He he was like, hey, hey, time out, clipboard. Come here. Like, <laughs> like he's a he's a point guard. people, we've that's heard true. so many times with his career saying that he's smarter than some of the people that were coaching him. And that's probably and like part of the reason. So hey. many times. And sometimes we think about that, you wonder why the clashes are. Yeah, that's why. In pro sports, you got a coach, you got player. And if Rondo's proven to be right more often than you are, He's everyone's not, not always going to be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's keep it a buck. Some coaches be like, all right, cool, so what do you think? Other coaches, you're the player. You do what I say. But you want I mean, they're going to challenge you, man. But it should be a limit as a player. You can't keep challenging the coach because then it's like you don't respect them. But sometimes you should, you know, challenge. I mean, every great player has almost like – you know, Larry Bird, Jerry West, man, give me the damn ball. We don't need no play. Just give me the ball. You know, stuff like that. He, mm-hmm. They not undermining them. That's, you got to trust your great players. So, I mean, he he taught them well, man. They they was clicking. Most teams relied on a couple players, ISO. 
They played well together. They played defense. They moved the ball. They was looking like the Warriors out there, man. And, and they um, all had the same amount of time to prepare and not really know each other. So yeah, that's impressive. Nobody knows each other. So he did a great job coaching him up. Shout out to Rondo. Um, Ashton Hagen is from Oak Hill Academy. Virginia 2019, 6'4", United Pound Guard. Highly competitive point guard. Yeah, you will hear a lot about him. Um, you know, I saw him get a lot of faces with a lot of point guards. You know, when they challenged him, they tried to like press up on him and he'd score and everything. He he quickly turned around, and let them know like you can't you can't f with me. <laughs> and to the room, I like how the refs just kind of let them play. You know what I'm saying? And then you know he he liked to take your will. That's what he does. He challenged you. He wanted to take your will, so you be out of the game. And he did that for you know to a lot of point guards. He's an elite passer, great core vision, athletic as hell. And he led the camp in assists and steals with 5.9 assists and 2.1 steals. So, you know, playing that OK, you will be hearing about him soon enough. Prentice Hub, a local kid, he go to Gonzaga. He's one of the top all-around players in the area and country. You know, I've talked about him a lot. 2018 guard, highly skilled, impact the game in multitude of ways, real smooth. Um, he lighted up from deep, man. Shot 45% from three. Mm. Um, willing defender, you know, but um, I think his best skills is passing. He make players better, even though he can score. And you know he's 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 a special talent. I love his game. One um, who I had his co MVP was Keldon Johnson. I, um, he's out. He actually out of Virginia. He played with Boo Williams, but he goes to school at Huntington Prep in West Virginia. Twenty eighteen, six six guard, two hundred ten. I mean, he he's just a he's just a beast. He's he's kind of like a more bouncier Paul Pierce. Um, <laughs> he he shoot jumpers, and he going there like he knows when he gonna miss. He go in there get the offensive rebound, dunk on the center and everything. Like he's a beast. He's relentless. Like. Best way I can tell you, I can compare his relentlessness is Russell Westbrook. Is he never stops? The same speed. It, is, he is never not stops. You, he don't that. even stop until the clock zero, man. Like, and that's his age, man. That's why I think he definitely got a shot at the league because it's hard to break a person. You're not gonna break him. He's gonna keep coming. So y'all gonna clash. You just gonna have to take him out. And mm-hmm. most at that level right now, and I read it. I think um, somebody told me his brother. Uh, I forgot his name. Johnson. He played at uh, actually played at Georgetown. His guy, the older brother that recently played at Georgetown. So, but he he's he's more bounced here. Uh, he ranked second in scoring, sixteen point nine, third in offensive rebounding, two point eight. I just told you he was the leader at three point one. So that tells you how he was crashing the boards, and he shot eighty seven percent from the free throw line. Mm. Um, he, he's just a dog, man. I love it. I love how he is, man. He, he, and um, yeah, if I'm a college coach, I'm definitely trying to get him up in there. He's he's gonna change the culture. Another guy, probably, you know, he's he's a bit raw, seven three center, Matthew Van Coleman out of Utah. Y'all already know what time it is, man. He's just elite shot blocker. <laughs> I was like seven three, and man, he's you a can junior. Make it like that. He's easy junior, so he's oh still growing. Yeah, goodness. So, seven three, two hundred twenty five pounds, but he's mobile. He's kind of thing. He got to get stronger, but he's a tree. You know, he blocks shots just for no reason. Man. He's just down there, you know. So, just so, stretching like, oops. Exactly, you know. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. You can get paid for that. Yes. Yeah, you definitely can. Be able to move and do that? Exactly. That's New Jersey. Serious. New Jersey was well represented. One of their guards, especially with guards, one of their guards, Scotty yeah. Lewis, he goes to Rainey, another junior in 2019 player, strong 6'6 mm-hmm. guard, real tough New Jersey, tough, explosive, versatile Wayne. You know, plays both ends, and he ranked ninth in three-point shooting at 46%. Uh, Jordan McKay, man, he's like a cross between. He got Steve Nash size, but Jason Williams. I'm talking about Jason Williams from the Kings. Yeah. Like, game. That's how he mm-hmm. played. Like, I mean, he was sliding the dudes that's all over the court. Yeah. yeah. Like, this, that, thinking about that comment, that's destructive. Yeah, it, 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 it was bad. He was sliding the dudes all around, man. Like, was, Lord Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Flashy playmaking guard. You know, he's the true point guard, but he can score with the best of them. He's very confident, has no problem. 
lining up. He, he was second in the camp and assists at 4.9. Another guy, like I said, New Jersey, Luther Muhammad out of Hudson Catholic. You know, Junior, I'm not, he's a senior. He's going to be a senior this year, 6'4", 195 guard. Um, he straps like Avery Bradley, um, 94 mm-hmm. feet. Like, I've never seen – I haven't seen nothing like him since Bradley. Like, he, they tried to get him up out of the cross. He don't go nowhere. And he's big and strong. So, he, when he make contact, he don't move. Yeah. And he loves it. Like, he like, come on. Like, come on with it. So like, you're not just sliding him off with a with soft pick. He's a, he's, mm-hmm. he's a pest, man. You need a stopper. He's it. But he can also – he might – his ceiling's Tony Allen, but he can shoot a little bit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's the difference. And uh, Anthony Simmons out of Edgewater High School, Florida – not the junior six four hundred eighty pound guard, elite scorer, get it done from all levels, man. Real smooth. He can knock down jumpers from all around, uh, mid range, close in, deep, NBA range. Huh. Um, he's actually a Louisville commit, and uh, you know he a dunk on you too. You know he's, <laughs> he's fairly thin, but he will body. You know what I'm saying? But he prefer you know coming off that pick and roll any daylight is a knockdown jumper. You have to get on him. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, another player from the area. John Carroll, you know, Kentucky's after him, heavy top ten player in the country. Um, he, he just really showed the John Wall comparison. He's not the athlete Wall is, but he got everything else. But he's not the athlete Wall is, but Wall is not the shooter at the same stage that he is. Um, he averaged twelve point eight points per game, shot fifty five percent from three point range. So that's the difference. That's exactly my it's point. So while he is real, he's real cerebral floor general. He, he does it all. Another one from Jersey, told you, Javon Quinterly, the third, senior guard, 6'1", 165 pounds. Um, He's he just a scorer. He, he like get buckets. He on, you know, Kyrie from Jersey, he, he's from that move. You know, he, he don't have the flash and handles, but he's a, he's a relentless scorer. Andre Reeves, Bremer May, Massachusetts, 2018 Sixers guard, Phyllis explosive guard who can score with the best of them, averaged 13.5 points a game, which was fifth in the camp. And the other co-MVP, Beast. Out of Canada, Simisola, Shitu, Vermont Academy, 6'10", 225 pounds. Man, he like a uh, he he was a man child. He's like a bow outlaw that can shoot. You know, real mm-hmm. built like that, chip like but That's athletic. Yeah. I mean, he stole um he he got at some point got on the backcourt, ripped him, and you know I'm thinking he just gonna dunk it night. Now he took one step, one dribble, went the hell out there, John. Everybody was like the ball bouncing to the curb. Everybody was like, damn, okay, you know he's sending a message like. And he did. You know, he was named co-MVP for a reason. Um, you know, he, he just a beast, man. He averaged a camp leading 18.1 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game. Um, if there's anybody I could point to outside of Johnson that if you going to point to him like they're going to be in the league, he's he's definitely one, okay. you know, one of them. And uh, the championship game MVP, Joseph, I hope I don't butcher his name, Wiscamp. Uh, Miskatine High School out of Iowa, 2018, senior, 6'6", 195 pound guard. Uh, uh, quicker, faster than Chris Muller. You know, he shoots it. Um, he shot 61% from the field. Average 12.4 points a game and scored a team high 19 points for that Rockets team that was coached by Ronald that won the championship. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's not bad at all. Not yeah. at all. All right, so I can't look, I can't wait. If you guys haven't, I haven't yet, but if you guys want to check out more content on the NBA PA Top 100 Camp, get over to Finders Mag. Um, do that now. We greatly appreciate it. Right now. After that, head over to My Model Sports, and we'll both have Mrs. coverage from today up later this evening slash tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then we're going to go ahead. We, we, we got a little bit of time left. Um, I know there's always great questions in rapid fire. So, Cardell, you know, you shoot us a couple. All right, well, here's one. Um, 
Mark Cuban on draft night threatened to fire his staffers if they leak Dallas draft pick to Adrian Wojnarowski. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Woj. Woj bombs. They, they, was, exactly. they was flowing. He, he said if anybody leaked the draft pick, he was going to fire his staffers. That's why Woj didn't get the pick until they drafted. He wanted to announce it first. I Thoughts. love Mark Cuban for this. <laughs> only <here>. this? <laughs> no, no. For this and this only? I'm here. Like, look, just because everybody else gives you information, why should I? Like, that's kind of a big thing that it gets leaked that early sometimes. Too. Mm-hmm. So some scenes, because, you know, boards and war rooms, everything's fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if, and again, I'm not saying we're just doing this, but just if you have, if you're a person that has a bunch of sources, who's to say that those sources also don't get the same thing reciprocated back to them at times? You can't protect yourself from that if you're a team. Right. So if you're Mark Cuban, savvy businessman, yeah, I'm going to take your job if you're going to leak that. Oh, dope. John Wall said he's recruiting Paul George. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Paul George is an all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, he would be an upgrade at the three. Mm-hmm. But is he enough to defeat LeBron and ultimately the Warriors if they manage to get past the cash? I'm going to let Octavia go first. <laughs> no. All right, so yes, it might be enough for LeBron and the Cavs. For the Warriors, no. Okay, but I, I think it might be enough for LeBron and the Cavs just because we don't know what's going on there. And secondly, if you're the Wizards, I would love that mood if they can make it happen because you're essentially doing the Golden State KD type keep away thing where you get in my way, you bother mm-hmm. me. Go bother somebody else. Secondly, here, we got better pieces to surround you. Like if you're Paul here, you don't have to carry as much weight at times. You can literally come play that closer role. So, I mean, I don't that's, know. That's my thing with him. I mean, I think now, I think a lot of people like the, it's a wound. Like, say the Wizards have a mm-hmm. wound, they got cover up. Right. But it's a wound that one of the people want to put a Band-Aid on that requires surgery. You see what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Paul you said George, it's deeper than Paul George. It's only a handful of players where they move that the whole league feels it. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's one of them. So, if you get him, yeah. let's say you're going to have to max out Walls on obviously no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Bill's already maxed. You're going to have to max him. This is going to be your team. I mean, you might rotate some of the role players, but you're this is going to be your team moving on. Mm-hmm. So what if they never break through? You're, you're stuck. So what, mean, what good is that? You know, and I'm like, you already one game from the Eastern Conference Finals as is. So why not look for something that can potentially be a home run that really gets you? Like, I'm, I mean, my eyes kind of looking at New Orleans because one of I don't know. Like, Anthony Davis might roll. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking at him, so to speak. Um you know, I'm looking at some. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's other. It's only I a handful. I can see that. It's only a handful. Like, of people. Okay, so that's all. Again, if you ask me the same question with that, <laughs> John and one of them things that's over. No, that's no brainer. But and, and, and one thing with Paul, talented, talented as Paul George is, you know, I, I mean, the playoff, the last game, the way LeBron did him, I'm just like they saying they need somebody to go at him both sides. Cool, but he ain't KD though. It's a different I just love his, mm-hmm. And he faded in, those, in a couple of those games. So I'm like, what good is that? I mean, to me, they're just basically going to be in the same position. Right. So you might as well keep Otto and strengthen the team. And not max out. <laughs> especially with rumors that, you know, D-Wade and Melo looking for Biles and they're going to just come to Cleveland. You know, like that's rumors. So if they get those horses with, with what they have, then, you know, but then you stuck. There's no movement. Oh, you're right. So, so I'm like, they got to be careful with that. But, you know, we'll see. Um Dan Dockage called Chris Paul a fraud, saying he's a whiner and the biggest reason for the underachie- underachieving done by the Clippers over the years. Uh, what are your thoughts? In the words of the great Owen Reese, my man Owen, bad team stay bad. Okay, it has nothing to. If you're gonna sh- if you're gonna bring out Chris Paul, 
bring out Blake Griffin. You're gonna bring out Blake Griffin, bring out their past owner. You bring out their past owner, bring out their like, I don't know, legacy in life in the NBA. <laughs> it's deeper than Chris Paul. Like, there's 500 other things we could start with before I think of Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. We could start with their coach last GM. You haven't had an NBA caliber starting wing on that team since you've been there. It's been a hole. You sitting here, you're just talking about holes with the Wizards. They've been stuck. They've literally been stuck. So, man, stop that. And it's like, like, you make it a bad for those of us who like sports and understand sports that didn't play at high levels. You're making it bad for people like me. Some of us understand stuff and wouldn't dare say something that crazy. Exactly. Stop. Like, just literally. I, like, you played something we were out there to do. It was like, he went so far as to say, like, you're not even one of the best point guards in history. Like, okay, stop. Like, like, just stop it. I'll tell you your thoughts. See, that's what I was going to get to. I was like, I just feel like it's a reach. Like, I feel like it's, it's low-key disrespectful. Like, don't get me wrong. He, he, he may not be the same Chris Ball that he's been in the past, but you can't disrespect what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like you said, like, it, it's not all on him about the team. It's, it's way bigger than him. He's part of it, but it's way bigger than him. I just think that's a cop-out. And that's, it's just, you know, once again, media trying to spend something or somebody just trying to get their 15 minutes and just talking nonsense. <laughs> like you said, just, you know, for people that don't really understand sports, you know, outside of just watching it. It on TV and saying, "Hey, that looks fun." You know what I mean? So it's crazy. That, that's that's why they created the Players Tribune. They, they like players <laughs> just like I'm gonna say what because no, nah, I think Dan Darkish. I think this is uh, Indiana. He played with Bobby Knight. Um, I think he, he like he played high level. I mean, yeah, but he played high level. He know better. But a lot of times these dudes get carried away, caught up, and they just I don't know. I guess they forget the mics are there. Like <laughs> it's not gonna get out. You say something controversial, like all that. Fine, if you want to criticize Chris Paul for not getting it done, at least make it factual and fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But saying he's a whiner, he's not a leader, I mean, he's the biggest reason, no. Take him off the team and, we're, you know, where would they be? Exactly. A lot of times when Blake was hurt, like, he put them on their back to get them as far as they got. Thank you. So, so it's leadership. like you can't, even, you can't even do that. That's leadership, man. So we're going to move on. I got to um, – all right, look, this is the last one. You got to make it a great question. Uh, all, all defensive teams. Right? Oh, boy. <laughs> First team was Chris Paul, Patrick Beverly, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Second team was Tony Allen, Danny Green, Anthony Davis, Andre Roberson, Griefy Giannis. I'll tell you what the little So. I'll tell Shaq. No Avery Bradley, though. What, what's really going on? And the thing is, the players voted now, so they can't just blame the media. Like. They had to say, fans had to say, it was it was across the board. So, I'm like, hold on, y'all tripping. Yeah. Somebody tripping. Somebody need to be swapped out. <laughs> somebody somebody should have got swapped out. You saying right? Roberson? Uh, yeah. yeah Danny Green. Who? Danny Green from the Spurs. Uh, sorry. I feel like those two could have, you know. Swap it out a little bit. I, I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful to leave them off, you know, just just a tad bit. A tad? A, like, we literally talking about a dude. Kyrie got, like, 3,000 moves, right? That's true. We seen this man throw 4,000 of them at Avery, and Avery still take the ball without touching them. Like, you have to pick Avery Bradley up off of defenders. He's like a, a dog that just sinks. No, it's like in a little attack dog that just, once he bites in, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're not shaking him. Like, it's just disrespectful. And, again, I don't know what you see. You talk about the players and the media and everything. It's all of you. I don't get it. But that goes to show you there's a lot of agendas with mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it was people who wanted to vote for teams because they covered the teams. Yeah. Or 
I'm looking out for my teammate. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so I'm cool with this guy off the court or whatever. But if you're going to be real, because as soon as they saw that, you know what I mean, NBA players were like, yo, for real, no Avery Bradley. So I'm like, what do you, do y'all watch games? Like, he's, he's straps, man. Like, no one's just, I mean, come on. It, like, Wall, my man. But there's a reason why Wall, at the end, got tired and faded. It wasn't, it wasn't just because he, he was out of shape. They, he was making them work. And they got some tough physical guards over there that can mm-hmm. strive. But everybody, like I said, he wanted a few dudes on the island get up on Kyrie, Kyrie dance, and he like, let me get that. Mm-hmm. With other guys, I'm giving you space. You ain't shaking me in front of my family. And friends, so, come on, <laughs> on this national stage, you won't. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I think it's just they got to find a better system because obviously this one doesn't work <laughs> just as bad as the Go last one didn't work. Go back to the drawing work. board. Um, but this is horrible. You had, like, you had the Portland Trailblazers backcourt tweet. Like, are you guys kidding me? CJ McCullum, I've never heard him say a bad word, but he typed one or got close to it. Um, then Dame automatically responded, like, it's obvious these dudes don't watch games. Yeah. And, again, this is what happens. And, again, I know we're a part of media, but that's just sad. And for the players, I'm not going to go there because I'm not a player. I don't know what it looks like. I, I don't know what that's like. But as you said, yes, we can tell there's agendas. But you got fi- to gotta fix the voting because if we can't trust grown men, whether it be players – in media, because with the fans, I'm not tripping off the fans. That's what fans do. But that's just horrible, and it's reckless. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of The Focus. We can't wait uh, to come back the next time we're in studio. Um, just just ride with us, man. Get over to FinestMag.com. Get over to MyMonosports.com. Get over to The Focus Show page. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Thank you guys for riding with us on Twitter today. Thank you guys on Facebook. Thank you guys for watching on DCTV. We'll see you guys next time we're on.